0: shine your power and purpose with aditi hi i'm aditi and i created this podcast to inspire you to authentically live your dream life stand in your power and let go of fears and pursue your passion by taking aligned action i'll explore topics around self-growth mindset courage and shedding limiting beliefs to transform yourself hear from some inspiring people and their stories that will show you how to shine bright and step into your greatness. So let's get started and follow me on Instagram at Aditi Personal Power. Hello, hello, I'm Aditi and back with another episode. I am so excited to talk to Nista a mindset coach, aspiring public speaker, and a writer focused on the topic of empowerment. Nista's goal is to inspire people to live a life of purpose with intention. She's also focused on destigmatizing mental health across the globe. Welcome, Nista. We're so excited to have you.
1: Hi, Aditi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on here today and chat for a bit. Same
0: here. And tell me, Nista, I'm so excited to hear more about your background and how you decided to become this mindset coach.
1: Yeah, totally. So for me, I recently graduated from Virginia Tech. I had a degree in neuroscience and psychology back in May. So in March is pretty much when classes ended up being online and Um, for me, that was kind of a total switch from where I expected to be, you know, at this time versus what I'm actually doing now. And I think the pandemic and just being able to be at home with my parents and not be surrounded by the traditional typical noise and chatter of college life was very pivotal for me, because it really got me to shift focus towards what I'm passionate about. And I realized, you know, it's recurring pattern for me has always been wanting to help people and interacting with people and really inspiring them to be their best self. So I decided that I could capitalize on that um, during this time and just start building my brand around mindset development and mindset, you know, techniques. So that's been really exciting. And that's been something that I've been up to lately. Wow, Nista, that's
0: amazing. And I would love to learn more about your childhood and your background. Have you always been interested in this kind of stuff? Or
1: was there something else that interested you? Yeah, so for me, I think growing up, I've always noticed myself gravitating towards, you know, public speaking and writing and the arts. I feel like for me as a child, I would always find myself writing poetry or being very excited for class presentations, which is not the most conventional thing, but I found myself just having the most power and the most um, you know, authenticity when I was able to speak in front of people and I was able to put my thoughts into words. So I think for me, that's something that I noticed very early on. But when I got into high school and college, um, there's sort of that pressure and expectation to follow the traditional cookie cutter path and, um, you know, follow a structure in terms of the way that you go about, um, you know, balancing your hobbies with what you actually want to do professionally. And I feel like people see those too. um as as two things that can't necessarily coexist. So there were a lot of limiting beliefs in my head um, that I think were instilled from parents, from family, from friends and teachers about what a successful career looked like. So um, I realized that, you know, throughout high school and college, I was pretty much masking what I really wanted um, on a genuine organic level, because I simply didn't think that it would be something that people would accept, or I didn't think it would be something that would end up being successful, um, you know, in in society's definition of success. So I found that school was never really my thing. And it was was very hard to just connect with um, a lot of a lot of my peers and friends who would talk about, you know, so heavily talk about grades or the companies they're applying to or how their interviews went, because I found that those topics didn 't necessarily empower me they didn 't empower me empower me to be my best self and in fact, if anything, I felt very constricted in those conversations so it was it was difficult because I knew that throughout college i didn 't really want to do something that was traditional and i didn 't exactly know what that was just yet because I was studying neuroscience and psychology, and I knew that i didn 't want to be a doctor or a psychologist or you know go into research or academia or these traditional Um, vocational paths that are associated with my majors so for a long time it was sort of this this debate and conflict in my head of like what am I actually going to do and I didn't know what my future necessarily looked like so found out that you know my junior year consulting was sort of a next best option to go with and I found that a lot of my friends were going into consulting sort of as a first step to really figure out what they liked so I was like you know what cool i'm gonna do this and you know I, I went into the corporate world for a little bit with an internship and thought that i would continue there post post-college and um pretty much just had an entirely shift of shift of perspective because my freshman year i actually ended up um making this decision that at some point in college i would go to spain that ended up happening my, my senior year. And I will touch on that more. But I think that experience for me was very pivotal in the sense that it got me to um, really be honest with myself about not wanting to go into that industry post-college. So yeah, I would be happy to touch more on that. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, what I'm doing now is very much kind of coming full circle to what I always enjoyed doing as a child. Amazing, Nista. There's
0: so much to unpack there. But I completely resonate with a lot of what you're saying. And I think part of it has to do with um, both of us being South Asian females coming from an Indian community where um, I think we are conditioned to believe that an interest in the har- in the arts oftentimes just ends up being a hobby, but not something that you can actually pursue as a profession. And what you're saying is that you were not conditioned to believe that you were enough to step into your true passions. And so you told me that, um, As a young kid, you always wanted to be on stage doing motivational speaking, but aunties and uncles would ask you what job you're applying to. And you would just, you know, you would give the the standard response of like, I'm applying to this uh, internship for that company. And it wasn't the same thing because uh, you had this other calling inside. So yes, I would like to dive deeper into your story about going to Spain, because I know that was a big, big eye opening experience for you that transformed you entirely. So how did you end up making this pivot of, you know, this is what I want to be doing, but I just don't believe in myself to becoming fundamentally, you know, in charge of
1: your destiny and really believing that yes, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, so that was definitely a very transformational story for me. And kind of touching back to the idea that I that I mentioned earlier about me as a freshman always sort of speaking into existence that I will be going to Spain honestly even before college like as early as high school I kind of made this promise to myself where I knew that at some point in college I would study abroad in Spain so from a very young age I found myself gravitated you know gravitating towards Spanish culture and language and I started studying Spanish as early as eighth grade So for me, that was something that, you know, I was picking up, I was very interested in. And for some reason, the idea of, you know, traveling and living in Spain very much appealed to me. So that's something that I would always speak out into existence long, long before I even knew what manifestation or law of attraction was. And fast forward, I got to college and there were a lot of things, um, you know, a lot of opportunities that came up for me my freshman and sophomore year to go. And it was interesting because I feel like each time an opportunity would come up for me another opportunity would come up and sort of prevent that situation from happening. So for example, I was set to go the summer of my freshman year, was gonna go and do the, camino de santiago which is pretty much a sort of like a spiritual journey that a lot of people you know a lot of people call it that and some for some people it's a religious you know journey as well but it's it's this path that sort of trails from santiago upwards and um i you know was all set to go and then that's also when i decided that i wanted to add neuroscience as a second major in addition to psychology so couldn't end up going because i had to take an extra summer class just to make up for that first year and my parents were also not necessarily on board with me going as early as my freshman year. So they're like, you know, hold off for a bit. There was similar opportunity happened my sophomore year where I thought I was going to go the summer after my sophomore year for an internship. And my parents were very much iffy about the idea that it was an internship and it was this third party program that wasn't through the university. So it didn't ha- end up happening then. And then fast forward to junior year. Um, I already pretty much had the rest of my college classes planned out. Like I had my senior year plan planned out. Um, I was in a relationship at the time. So my set was just in a very different place. I was not really thinking about going abroad. It wasn't on the radar for me, um, you know, and, and that keen interest to necessarily go to Spain as a college student sort of started to wear off. And there were a lot of things also going on. Um, at home with my family's immigration status in just terms of um, our immigration status sort of shifting. So um, at that time, I also wasn't able to leave the country. So there were many reasons and factors tying into why it was so not on the forefront for me at all um, as a college student. And then I remember my halfway through junior year, one of my best friends was telling me about studying abroad and she was telling me that she was applying to this program in Spain. She really wanted me to go with her And I literally told her I would do anything to go, I would literally drop everything, except I actually can't leave the country, like due to where I was with my immigration status at the time. Um, And then also with the four year plan lined up, I didn't even think that I would have an open semester to go. So that was like a conversation that we would have pretty regularly, um, just about the fact that she's applying and where she is in that process. And then fast forward to right after my birthday. So this is like February closer to springtime. Um, my mom calls me telling me that we're actually getting like our permanent resident status officially months, months earlier than we were supposed to. So that was something that was very unexpected for us and very exciting, of course. And then right after that, basically, we were having our end of the year meetings with our advisors to really solidify our senior year plan, make sure everything looks good, that we're on track to graduate. And I was at a place then where I was like, you know, I'm just going to graduate early. I think I'm pretty good with this whole college thing. I think I feel, you know, ready to kind of venture onwards. So for me, I went ahead and had a conversation with my advisor about potentially graduating early. To summarize that, she pretty much didn't suggest it and had all these logistical reasons for why, you know, she just doesn't recommend students in general graduate early. For some reason, later that night, I was just replaying that conversation in my head, and it so didn't sit well with me, and I don't know why. And I had this almost like determination to not take no for an answer. So I immediately emailed my psychology advisor that night. I want to say it was post midnight. And I don't know why he was awake, but he responded within minutes telling me to come to his office at some point later that week so we could discuss me graduating early. And I was like, awesome, this sounds great. Um, literally the next day I'm sitting in my room. I had no plans of going to his office that day. Again, I had plans of going a little bit later in the week. I wasn't in a rush to get that necessarily, um, you know, authorized or whatever. So sitting in my apartment and I have this intuitive nudge that I just have to go and I have to talk to him immediately. And I had no reason to be on campus, but I kind of grabbed my bags. I bused to campus. I went into his his room and I was like hey this is what I'm thinking about doing I want to graduate early um and the reason that I had sort of this this plan lined up is because um just context there's a lot of overlap between my neuroscience and psych classes so it's very easy to get credit um if you take one class because it can count as credit for the other major so I sort of had all the research done and I was like here you go this is sort of what I'm thinking You know, what are your thoughts on it? And he said, honestly, we can make it happen. I'll go ahead and sign off um, if you feel comfortable with doing this. So I was walking out of his room that day and I was super excited. I was like, awesome. I only have one semester of college left. Let's do this. And, you know, kind of mentally felt like I was done with college and felt like it was a very draining experience. So I'm walking out of his room, and then I randomly get this idea in my head about my friend's study abroad program. This is the same friend who was telling me that she was going to go abroad for like months prior to that meeting with my advisor. And in my head, I thought that that deadline had already long passed, because this is something that I had been hearing for so long. I didn't think that there were still spots in that program. So I decided, you know, why not text her? I literally whipped out my phone and I texted her and I said, hey, when was the deadline for that program? And she tells me it got extended to tonight at midnight. And I literally had chills because I was like, this is the weirdest thing. I don't know how, I, how everything lined up for me to pretty much be able to even be on this path. Come home, I call my parents and I'm like, hey, I need you to send me you know, all of my visa documents, my medical records, like everything, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm going to apply and study abroad um, next semester. So my parents knew how much I had been wanting to do it. And luckily, they were super supportive of that. So that situation was an absolute example of just how I un- unintentionally manifested something and by speaking it into existence, and it ended up being the absolute best three months of my life. Um, And then to answer your question about how, you know, that experience allowed me to have my own transformation regarding my career, it was honestly just being there and being in the culture of, you know, Spaniards and local Europeans and seeing how they live life with such intentionality and how they really soak in each moment. There isn't any sense of rat race you know urgency there no one is trying to go meet a deadline people really take their time and i would notice myself like walking across the bridge when i would go to class and i would be speed walking the people would literally be so slow and i'd get so frustrated but i realized it's just part of their culture and they enjoy each moment and i was so in awe by that that i you know thought back to my corporate internship and really started reevaluating whether i wanted to be in that sort of space after coming back from Spain. And the more I thought about it, the more my gut was just telling me it was wrong. So I knew that for me, after the Spain experience was over, I would have to make some changes. And I didn't know at that point what it looked like. But I was mentally in my head set on doing anything I could at that point to eventually move back to Europe. Wow. So inspiring. I can totally
0: hear your experience and the passion that you had behind this and how everything clicked in that moment and you manifested it. And there's no wonder why you're so, so, you know, focused on making sure that you have a career that allows you to empower other people to manifest whatever life that they want. So I feel you and I hear you completely on this piece. So I'm, I'm curious, um, given this inspiring story, uh, What's next for you? Um, how have you been kind of using the time home with COVID and shelter in place to figure out what's next for you in life?
1: Yeah, so for me it was a little bit tricky because I did come back to Virginia Tech. I went, you know, back for my second semester and I, you know, going into that semester, I told myself, okay, Nista, so you're gonna sort of, you know, have your head on your shoulders, you're going to be confident and very determined and only set on what it is that you want. And unfortunately, when I was back and and surrounded by the chatter and the noise of everyone talking about applying to big four companies and, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder and job fairs, I ended up sort of noticing myself feeling like I had to hop on the bandwagon with that and kind of have that be my, you know, only, only path that there really was. And I feel like that was a lot of you know, a a true test from the universe, I feel like my limiting beliefs were resurfacing when I was in those conversations. So I found myself, you know, once again, going to job fairs and applying to corporate, you know, companies when just a few months earlier, I was in Europe, and I told myself that I wouldn't. So that was sort of an, you know, an internal conflict for me. And I feel like it was a true test to see, you know, where I was in my in my journey of spiritual growth and in the promises that I make to myself, like how committed am I really am. And I found myself faltering in those moments. So um, I ended up, you know, having a third round interview with the local tech company and finding out that I got an offer from them in March, right when the pandemic hit. So this was pretty much when everything switched to the online format. I was at home with my parents. And I kind of was ready to take that offer mentally because I thought that that's the only way, way out almost like that's the only way to be successful for the time being I thought that maybe okay I'll do that for two years while starting my own thing on the side I don't know what that is I don't know what that would look like, and allow that to blossom as I'm in this you know corporate eight hour job. And I was telling myself this because it sounded like the ideal situation. It sounded like something people would, you know, be accepting of. And it just sounded like it was something that, you know, makes sense to society. But I was having a conversation with my friend about it. And when I was telling her about this job, she was like, you seem so sad. Like, you sound so unhappy when you talk about it. And it was like one of those wake up calls that you didn't really necessarily want, but more so needed. So having her tell me that was really a moment of reflection for me because that's when I dove headfirst into personal development and I really started creating a morning routine and journaling and meditating and taking walks every day. And there was just so much stillness I had in those moments that really allowed me to connect further with my intuition and for me to realize more that the idea of being in that corporate space just so did not resonate with me. And I think that was a true, you know, I keep going back to this idea of that was a true test from the universe, but just for a little preface um, I got very into spirituality about a year ago. So last summer before, you know, I even went abroad. And so for me to have this like year of exploring spirituality, but also being in a different country and then coming back to Virginia tech and being in the college environment, Than this pandemic and being at home with my parents. It's very much not a linear journey. And, um, you know, I feel like it's very much the universe putting me in certain situations to see how I react to them and how much I honor my own truth. So I realized for me that that was, it was almost like do or die. That was sort of my mindset. I was like, you know what, if I want to make something happen, the universe has given me an abundance of time and also an abundance of privilege for me to be in my own house to have my parents both obviously fortunate enough for them to be able to work virtually from home um, and, you know, to be in an environment where I can foster my own hobbies and passions and really build my brand without having to stress about having a job. So I think it was in, you know, those, those times that I was exploring a lot of... Um, Motivational speakers on TikTok, on YouTube, on social media, seeing what they're doing and really seeing them live out their best lives. You know, some examples are Haley Hoffman Smith or Jen Sincero, um, you know, Jason Capital, just people who are in their 20s who are really kind of creating this empire. And and I was noticing what are those people doing that I'm not because I'm only a couple, couple years younger. And I realized that the only difference between me and them was that I just didn't believe that I could at that point. I realized the only thing that I had to shift were literally my thoughts around the fact that I could succeed, like my beliefs around my success and my abilities to eventually build that empire of my own. So that's when I really started working through this inner work. And I started kind of, you know, identifying all these limiting beliefs that I picked up from society that say, you have to have a nine to five first to be successful, and then you can branch off or even a college degree for that matter. Um, and, and you know, okay, starting a business from home just may not lead you to any capital. So really, like, evaluating all these things that I had heard, and acknowledging that I don't have to give power to any of those of those statements. And if I decide to give power to those statements, those things will eventually become my reality, and I don't want them to. So it took a lot of moments of just honestly, seclusion and time for myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's when I delved into all of the projects that I'm working on now, which obviously we can discuss as we go onwards. But um, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I always say this, I really don't know, you know, where I would be right now in terms of career. Nista, I can see that you've done a lot of thinking during COVID and just the shelter in
0: place while it's been so devastating for so many other people has been a blessing in disguise for you you focus so much on your spirituality or the self-help or doing the meditations at home and realizing that conforming to pressure will not get you anywhere beyond the successful checking all the boxes and it's wonderful that you've realized this sooner rather than later and i kind of like your approach of um you know seeing your parents as a support system for you versus seeing them as like a crutch because i think a lot of people see that as getting in the way of actually pursuing their dreams, you have to start somewhere, right? And whether it's networking or something else, you are always going to rely on your resources to get somewhere. So I think that's awesome that you think of it from that angle. And one of the things that I remember when I was chatting with you earlier, you said that you went through a lot of self-exploration and you started asking yourself like, what are the things that I always like? And you started going back to your original spirit of who you were and you realized that you like writing, you like teaching and you like speaking. And then you just literally asked yourself this question of why am I putting myself in a shell? I'm not meant for the nine to five. And I think that was a very powerful thing for you to go through because that tells you that you are not settling for less and seeing other people that are you know, your age or a little bit older doing the same stuff that's like, maybe motivational in nature, but just like TikTok empires and stuff like that, the only difference between them and you is that you did not have the belief and faith in yourself yet. And then you went through that mindset shift and then you were suddenly able to kind of take on the world. So tell me a little bit about your journey then. Like you, you knew that you had to you know, pursue your career and your passion wholeheartedly. What were some of the things you started doing?
1: Yeah. So for me, again, when I sort of made that mental shift, and I promised myself, you know what, it's it, it's now or never. And I had that realization. And I thought, okay, what's the first step? What do I really enjoy doing? And as you said, you know, and as we were chatting about the other day, I've always really noticed myself gravitating towards writing and teaching and speaking, and found myself feeling the most powerful in those moments. So I thought, what's a good platform to start off with, right? Like everyone's at home right now, I really enjoy talking about spirituality and law of attraction and motivation. So where can I, where can I really present that, those ideas to the public? And I thought, why not just start with a YouTube channel? And I was very inspired by people like Erin Dowdy and Leora Alexandra and Isabel Palacios, who are all, um, you know, in their 20s, and they spread spiritual ideas. And Um, information about law of attraction and do guided meditations and I was like there are people out there there is a growing community out there and there's a growing audience for these ideas so for so long you know I masked that I was even spiritual that I even manifested or I didn't even talk about law of attraction with people and being able to really step into my power I thought you know what people need to hear it so that was another fear that I had to break through I had to overcome the belief that no one would want to hear me And I did that again, by just seeing the other empires that were built by seeing the other brands that were built and seeing the community of young people that need to hear that information. So I went ahead and I started with a YouTube channel. And I just made, you know, a lot of videos about um, motivation, spirituality, law of attraction, I did guided meditations of my own as well. And and I noticed that there were a lot of TikTokers, you know, influencers and creators and entrepreneurs spreading very similar ideas. And I thought, okay, everyone's on this app. It literally condenses information in the span of like 30 seconds. Why not just kind of go on here? And it's, TikTok is very fun and very user friendly. There, there's music, you can do dances, you can put up fun text. And it was just so much more easy for me to use and so much less draining than YouTube. So I started kind of expanding on TikTok as well. And then at the same time, um, I thought, you know, why not kind of create an audio platform? And the way that I saw it was the more platforms, the better, because different people have different preferences. Not everyone's on TikTok. Not everyone prefers to watch a YouTube video. And not everyone is, you know, guided towards um, just listening to an audio message. But some people are and some people aren't. So you really need to kind of create that, those options for people. So I thought I had this abundance of time. Why not just kind of go all in with these these various ventures, if you will. And then at the same time, you know, I was writing on the side, I was really connecting to that inner child um, version of myself that always enjoyed writing. And I thought this is something I enjoy doing. And I was watching Rupi Kors workshops as well, which are really well done. Well, also just networking, like really getting myself out there, really making friends. And um, it's incredible, just when you put yourself out there to that to receive connections and friendships, you just find so many people your age who are doing the same exact thing. And I always thought, you know, I for some reason, like was the only 22 year old who wanted to be a mindset coach who was also spiritual, like I just thought I was super weird and esoteric and, you know, eccentric in that sense. But um, I just found so many people who are like me who are also looking for those connections. So it really brings you to, you know, your community as well. And Um, you know, having, again, this abundance of time, I really thought, what else have I always found to be my life purpose? And a, a huge thing for me is just mental health and education reform, I really, really want to shift the education system. So it isn't as standardized, like I want learning to be intentional, I want it to be empowering, I want it to be, you know, a place where students can kind of come in and feel like, whether they're artistic or they're very technical or they're shy or they're really outgoing, they have a sense of belonging and a sense of feeling like they can bring whatever skills that they have to the table and feel powerful in doing so. And I noticed for myself, um, I didn't have that in high school and neither did a lot of my peers. So it caused a lot of you know mental health issues for for myself and a lot of people around me. So um, I decided to go ahead and start an initiative, a mindfulness initiative where we can have meditations in my local school county, maybe twice a year, and just have that be a very, very small stepping stone towards ultimately you know, creating more awareness for mental health and um, seeing where you know, mental health and meditation and mindfulness insights could lead students in the future. So just really kind of cut myself open to all of these various you know, projects and ventures and told myself that this was all about trial and error. Um, You know, there's some things that are going to work and there's some things that aren't. And I think I really experienced that firsthand with, um, you know, some of these platforms and, you know, certain negative comments or highs and lows in terms of views I was getting or traction um, or even with the initiative and maybe early on how slow that was moving. So it just definitely taught me a lot um, in terms of being patient with myself and my progress and a lot about just trusting in the universe, going back to my faith, like understanding that if I put my best foot forward and my best energy forward, that will be reciprocated. It's just a matter of time.
0: Love this. You know, it's all about energy. I a hundred percent agree with you. The more of the intention and energy that you put out there, the more you're going to receive that kind of energy. And I love your focus on education reform in relation to mental health. Um, I agree with you. I think we need to have more mindfulness in our schools. Um, in fact, Dalai Lama had a quote not too long ago saying that if there was one thing we can teach in the American schooling system, and I'm sure other education systems, it's actually teaching compassion, like actually teaching that as a subject. And I thought that was really wonderful because everyone thinks it's, it's innate and it is innate, but then it becomes, washed away with the different kinds of societal norms and pressures that exist. So I love that focus of yours. I love that you're trying to, you know, kick off a nonprofit to solve this and assembling all these students all together and you've done a lot of intentional risk taking to help you get where you are. So um for the audience if you know, you've talked so much about breaking limiting beliefs and how you've been able to consistently prove yourself to get out of stuff so that you can, you know, just, you know, show that yes, you are capable of doing things, you just have to push your comfort zone. What are some other life hacks that you might have for other people who are trying to overcome their limiting
1: beliefs? What would
0: you recommend?
1: Yeah, so I think the first step is to just identify that they exist, right? A lot of times, our limiting beliefs we don't even view as limiting beliefs because they are so subconsciously embedded in our belief systems that they make our reality. And I'm sure that even for people who, you know, even right now, I'm I'm ta- I'm giving people advice on how to overcome their limiting beliefs, but I'm sure there are so many that I still have embedded in my subconscious mind, and I might always have for the rest of my life because. At the end of the day, we choose to believe what I feel like is instilled in us. Um, and and obviously there are some beliefs that we can choose to not believe in, but um, our, our conditioning in our society and the way that it feeds us information makes it very difficult to sort of separate what really holds power over us versus what we want to hold power over us. So I think for me, you know, a good first step would be really sitting with yourself and actually having a conversation. And that sounds so silly, but I was watching um, a YouTube video with, i um, forgetting his name. He's a very profound guru from India, and he does a lot of work traveling around the world. And um, he made this point that we don't have conversations with ourselves. Like when you ask someone, what does alone time look for you? People will say, oh, I go on a jog. Or I take my dog on a walk. And he made the point that that's not alone time. Like when you're on a jog, you're still avoiding traffic. You may be worried about like what, you know, how someone sees you when they're driving past you in a car. Um, you know, there's there's noise around in the neighborhood in the near vicinity that you might kind of cast off as white noise, but it's still going into your subconscious. It's still picking up on it. You know, when you're walking your dog, half your attention's like, you know, on that. So um, people will say like, yeah, I, I I read or I you know just take time for myself to watch shows or I, I go on a walk, but that's still not alone time. It's still not having a conversation with yourself. So, you know, and I can totally vouch for that argument, because in college, there were so many times where I would take a walk, or I would go to the gym by myself, and I would do all these things. But it was literally a global pandemic that forced me to stay in my house, to the point where I had to really think about myself in an absolute situation that I did not want to ultimately even understand that my intuition was telling me that I didn't want it, you know, so I think in terms of first even identifying limiting beliefs, people just need to sit with themselves in silence. Like, you know, that might be meditation for you. That might be maybe as you're cooking some food, just sort of like have a conversation with yourself in your head about questions that seem so simple but people don't take the time to even ask themselves. Like, what makes me happy? What drives me? What really, you know, this sounds so cheesy, the idea of like what sets my soul on fire. I believe everyone has something. But because of societal conditioning, we totally, you know, become skewed towards a a different idea of what a hobby or a passion or, you know, um, a passion project or a career should look like that people don't even have the answer to this is what makes me happy or this is what I'm super passionate about. So just having those simple, simple conversations, I think goes a long ways because we never even take the time to have that. And I think that's a wonderful starting point. And then an activity that I like doing for once you've identified something as a limiting belief that's holding you back um, is to go ahead and write that down. And then you kind of create a list of them on paper. And then next to that list, um, go ahead and write out a reframe. So for example, if your limiting belief, which I'll give an example of one I had, is, I will not be successful if I start a business right off the bat, like right out of college, I didn't think that I would, you know, gain success from that. And I really sat with myself and I asked myself, like, where is this belief coming from? Do I necessarily believe in it? Why am I choosing to give it power? And then next to that, I wrote, I will be successful starting a business right out of college. So I absolutely just reframed it. I negated that first statement. And I think with people, you know, being able to really create that reframe in their head and every time they find themselves resorting back to that first belief, that initial belief to just verbally say the reframe or to, if you you have access to the notes app on your phone or a diary, go ahead and write out the reframe. It's all about that repetition of a totally different belief system that will allow your subconscious mind to pick up on it and then eventually make that a reality so for me it took a lot of repetition it took a lot of highs and lows this isn't a linear journey and I think that's something that I want to emphasize to people as well I don't want to make the sound overly romanticized in any way you know even just the spiritual journey as it is I feel like oftentimes can be portrayed that way but I want people to understand that this is a journey of really diving deep with yourself to the parts of yourself that aren't so pretty that you don't want to acknowledge and knowing how to really reframe those belief systems on a daily basis and on the days where you absolutely don't feel your best and you feel like you're at your all-time low but still kind of trudging through because that's when it makes the most most difference. Actually. Yeah. So Nista I think you're giving some amazing ideas and the idea of
0: reframing what you're thinking and then putting a, you know, another outlook upon it that will make it positive. And you shared a really beautiful story of this, where I think you said that you were very self-conscious when you were first starting Instagram live and you didn't know if you could actually do it because you wanted to become a motivational speaker, but you still felt awkward about it. And I hear you, I had the same experience. And then you shared this experience though, of how believing in yourself made such a difference because you stepped into that, um, you know, discomfort and you actually ended up doing your Instagram live. And then you got connected with a, a girl who was with a friend of yours who was watching your Instagram live. And turns out that she worked at Facebook, but wanted to quit and travel and become a motivational speaker. And then she started connecting with you. And then both of you have had some amazing conversations about how to do LinkedIn workshops and how to actually take advantage of the LinkedIn algorithm to kind of um, share your thoughts. And so you actually did your first purpose-finding workshop and just all this amazing kind of ripple effect that you had because you stopped, you know, giving power to your limiting beliefs and you started actually listening to the uh, the discomfort and just doing it anyway because your heart was telling you to do so so to me that was such an amazing story to hear and I think it's like an example of where if you stop living in your shell and you start pushing the boundaries by reframing every negative thought with something positive with conviction essentially you'll be able to get out of um, you know the, the the shell that you're in. So yeah. any thoughts on that, Nista? And, and any um, in addition to that, anything that you think would be important for people to know so that they can get in touch with you as you've had so many amazing um, you know, tips and tricks that you've been sharing with the audience?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to kind of repeat what you said, it, it's those things about gradually breaking out of your comfort zone. And I know it's so much easier said than done. And even this idea of leap of faith, it's kind of very much thrown out there in society. But what does that mean? And it can be something as small as making your social media public, maybe, you know, I know some people are scared to maybe put their face out there, but they want to start a a brand of their own, they want to start a YouTube channel, they want to start a blog. Um, So really kind of taking those initial steps to break through, you know, those fears. So for me, as you said, it was that Instagram live workshop, I was very, I had a lot of fears about you know, manifesting Mondays, because it was pretty much um, context for audience. It was a workshop where I just talked about law of attraction and how to use that in practical manners to help optimize, you know, your business or to help raise your self-confidence and how you can use that in your daily life. But I had so many, you know, fears around what people would say about me, because I'm here talking about manifestation. And I remember I was very close to not doing that first live workshop, because I just had so much anxiety. And like you said, the reward for me putting in that legwork was me being connected with someone who had more experience in, you know, the field of product management at Facebook and was able to help me. And then now we've teamed up today to actually work on that earlier nonprofit mental health initiative I talked about. So this is, you know, these are the types of examples that I want to really elucidate to our audience. Like when you put in your end of the stick, and you really break through those fears, the universe sees that and it recognizes that and not everyone might believe in the idea of universe creator God. So that's okay. Maybe we can put that aside. But maybe think about it from this way. People will pick up on your energy at the end of the day, energy is explained at a very scientific subatomic level, like it exists. It's not something that's airy fairy. When you put in your best self, people will pick up on that you will be absolutely, you know, a, a bombshell in what you do, because you are putting your authentic energy forward and no one can take that away from you and no one can shake that. When you are your true self, you are in your highest power. So what I wanna tell people today is like, those fears are very natural. I don't want to invalidate them, but I want you guys to really think about what it is that makes you happy and think about that one thing that you've always wanted to start and ask yourself, why are you pushing it off? Or if you're in a career right now that just kind of you know maybe drains you and you've always been wanting to make a shift, like what's stopping you? Really, you know, dive deep into that and start taking very, very small baby steps that continuously break out of your comfort zone to the point where you can prove yourself that you are capable of making that shift because it's not a 180 overnight thing. You, you know, you hear those stories about people saying like, I quit my corporate job within one day and booked a one-way flight ticket. To You hear those things and that's amazing, but you, your story doesn't have to be like that. Your story can be very gradual and it can blossom very gradually but i think it just starts from having faith in something right um so that is definitely a point that i want to highlight to listeners today and then in terms of just kind of where i'm going from here definitely working on that nonprofit on that initiative um really making that um you know something that is more official. So look out for that. That will be launching pretty soon. And then also my book will be released by the end of 2020. Um, it's sort of like an anthology. So kind of Ruby Core styled. Uh, it'll be called Because Words Touch Beyond the Skin. And mm-hmm. my coaching business is currently live. So I'm open to clients. If anyone needs help with mindset coaching and um you know whether that's mindset coaching in terms of how you would apply it to your business or self confidence or relationships or fitness whatever that is please feel reach feel free to reach out to me on Instagram Uh, my Instagram is at Nista Dubé so it's my first and last name N-I-S-T-H-A-D-U-B-E my TikTok is also at Nista Dubé my podcast is Rising on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Anchor and my YouTube is Nista Dubé my first and last name so yeah thank you so much
0: of course and we'll be sure to include your instagram and other contact sources in the show notes so people will have that and definitely check out nista's podcast rising it's an enjoyable listen and people should definitely check it out this was such a wonderful conversation nista i learned so much from you and from your story and i think you're just yet one more example of South Asian females really standing up and believing that they can make a difference and try to pursue maybe unconventional roles, because we need more of that. We need more people like you to help others believe in themselves and realize that, yes, I am here for more. I'm not here just for the nine to five. Or if I am, then is this truly my nine to five job that I want? But whatever it is, making sure that you live in the most authentic way that is possible. So thank you so much. Really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. And to the audience, if you enjoyed what we were talking about, please make sure you comment below and give your rating. It's going to really help us in our podcast. And looking forward to connecting more on future episodes. Thank you all. Thank you, Titi. Thank you, Nista.